Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. We get it. 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 You get it. We get it. You have it. You got it. We got it. You get it. I've got it. You got it. He's got it. We get it. Don't worry. I get it. Stop saying I get it. I know it. I have it. Don't worry. I get it. You had it. We see it. You've got it. We get it. I get it. You've got it. We see it. It's okay. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Draft Recap Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, November 19th. I'm still J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the Bass Master, Trey Kirby. hey yo. Hey, yo. We got the International Man of Mystery, sadly. Sadly, going undrafted last night. Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Sorry, Lee Lee. Waiting <laughs> for that special moment when Woj would tweet out that someone was targeting me. <laughs> yes. Never happened. Yes. And uh, finally making the magic happen, JD. Hello. There he is. And here we are. Shout out to everybody joining us live right now on YouTube. We see ya, the stream teamers. Keep your questions and your comments coming for our next Beach Step and Podcast. Email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them in at nodunksinc. On today's show, ooh, action-packed. We're going to discuss Clay Thompson's leg injury. Ugh. Uh, what the hell's going on with Bogdan Bogdanovich in that Bucks kings deal? We'll uh, grade some trades, sort of. We'll talk about them, at least. But first, we're sharing our 2020 NBA draft winners and losers. Now, no real surprises at the top. The Wolves take Anthony Edwards, number one. Warriors take James Wiseman at two. And the Hornets take LaMelo Ball at three. But Tass, biggest winner in your mind from last night's NBA draft. What do you got? Well, I thought there was a lot of winners in general, which I wasn't expecting because it's a draft that no one really thinks there is a a can't-miss guy. There's just so much up in the air. But I thought a lot of great teams got... Very good players, guys that they wanted. Uh, but let's start at the top. You said that uh, no real surprise at the top. Well, a lot of people did think that the Wolves were going to take LaMelo Ball at number one. So I think the Hornets at number three got to be pretty pumped. They need a star. And LaMelo Ball, he's got that potential. He's got that potential to be there. Uh, and they didn't make a mistake thinking that our one point of strength might be Terry Rozier. Uh, in the backcourt and Devontae Graham that might be our one point of strike maybe we should go with somebody else they couldn't miss they take LaMelo Ball I think it's a win for a lot of things uh, they just haven't been relevant for a while so maybe LaMelo Ball gets them there uh, I think LaVar Ball could be challenging Michael Jordan again one more time to a one-on-one contest we've got that to look forward to I think uh, LaMelo Ball is going to look good in teal already the Hornets and the NBA are selling ball teal jerseys. The NBA retweeting it like they're no dunk selling a T-shirt already pumped trying to <laughs> trying to push those balls. To, and I, I think uh, just in general, 
Uh, Charlotte just so desperately, as I said, needs a star. So I, I think they got to be pumped at number three because if they got, whether it's Anthony Edwards or James Wiseman, it would have been a, yeah, solid guy. But a lot of people think LaMelo Ball has, again, the highest ceiling potential of all those three. It's not a lock that he's going to be incredible. <laughs> right. uh, there isn't really a lock. There isn't really a can't-miss guy. But I think they got to be pumped and that it's not just their fan base saying, all right. Here we go. Another really solid college player. LaMelo Ball can uh, maybe, maybe move the needle if he pans out. And uh, what I liked is that he was seemed pretty happy to be going to Charlotte at, at number three. You, mm-hmm. you, you could, in, on one side of things, think, oh, the Ball family, happy to go to Charlotte? Uh-uh. They want to go somewhere big. Like, you know, LeVar once upon a time said, all my, all my sons are going to be playing for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, but they're all pumped. Uh, it was a nice moment even though their interview uh, didn't work out because of technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, what did you think uh, just overall from the production of last night? Because, yeah, they have to do this remotely or virtually, whatever you want to call it. Do you think ESPN did a pretty good job, all things considered? That was one of the glitches. But for the most part, Tass, they were sort of seamlessly uh, going to everybody in their in their living rooms or whatever restaurant they were at. <laughs> Not bad overall. I thought they knocked it out of the park. You, yeah, you're going to have a, a technical... A guy on the other end of the phone in, let's say, the Ball family household saying, you know, you got to tell him, hey, turn down the TV when we call you. <laughs> uh, but and so there wasn't a lot of those echoes. There, there's a, no, a there's few a of few. them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but really no real screw ups. Uh, and and the fact that they could go from virtual studio to, to Malika Andrews doing the interview to Adam Silver standing there watching <laughs> watching the situation. I thought the, the guys were way more emotional uh, because yeah. they were with their families oh, and yeah, at home yeah. and they're ready to sort of just be themselves rather than, you know, being in a huge stadium where, you you know, you kind of got to be a little bit tougher. You know, you got to got to put the facade on. So, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of tear shed and the production I thought was was bang on. And I thought it was a little bit quicker. I know basketball is the four, uh, quickest of the four major sports, but usually the draft ain't that quick. I thought it was going a little <laughs> bit faster, maybe because the guys didn't have to walk up and and shake Adam Silver's hand. So maybe it was just. 10 seconds per guy, but it was just, it was a little faster. I thought it moved a bit, a bit quicker and teams weren't taking all five minutes, I guess too. Yeah. Cause they were trying to play catch up with Shams and Woj breaking the news on Twitter. <laughs> like, all right, everybody knows. Let's just get up there or flip over to uh, the next pick. But uh, what did you think, Trey? Just overall, before we get to your big winners. Uh, I enjoyed it. I liked seeing the emotional quality of it. You know, there's, it's just definitely a different scenario when you're there on stage greeting Adam Silver. It's a happy moment. Everybody's excited. People are cheering for you. It's a lot different when you're doing it at home with your family, the people who have raised you, who have brought you to the NBA. I actually thought that was pretty cool. And I also liked uh, when the ESPN crew gave Mark Tatum a big hand as the second round started because they're like, this guy's going to get no applause out here. We got to give him something. He's coming out here to do the yeoman's work. That's where you really make your bones as a future NBA commissioner is announcing that second round. They went crazy for him. I thought it was great, but I'm a dummy. I love watching the draft. I stayed up till 2.30 in the morning watching the reactions afterward (laughs) for a draft where nobody thinks there's even going to be an (laughs) all-star. I can't believe you watched the entire thing. I mean, congratulations. You deserve an award or something like that. I think if you watch the entire draft, you should be like the 61st pick. Now, Lee would never make the league because we know he's going to bed around 20 or 21. But, Trey, you are now in the NBA. I can't believe you watched I guess watched it wasn't short. Huh. Yeah. It's not at all, Tass. Probably, <laughs> when did you go to bed, Tass? Maybe, yeah, end of the first round? Did you even last the entire No, night? I didn't last. No. Well, okay, it's short when you go to bed. This guy's up till 2.30 in the morning. Incredible. Well, I stopped taking notes after about the 
sixth pick, and that's when all the players just kind of blended together. But it was like, I can watch The Crown tomorrow. I can wait to see what's going on with Princess Di. Big time episode, Lee, when she goes to Australia. What a tour. Really won over the people there in the Commonwealth. I can't believe even the guy who thought he might be drafted last night, Lee Ellis, just goes to bed around pick 20. He's like, all right, an Australian got picked. I guess I'll, I'll pack it in and go. Is that when you went to bed after uh, Greeny went, got picked there? Pretty much, yeah, uh, because I didn't go deep into the mock drafts. But going into it, I thought he was uh, more likely to go around the mid to late 20s. And he went at 18 to the Mavericks. And I was like, oh, okay, early night for me, then I'm out of here. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that was an exciting moment for Josh Green because some have said he could be better than Ben Simmons. Uh, he's, he's got Apparently he's a good 3 and D guy and he can run the offense a little bit. So uh, they're expecting him to make a uh, instant contribution out in Dallas and he, and, he, and he should be seeing some time. So I'm excited to see another Australian uh, in, in the NBA. It's a, an exciting moment. But, uh, yeah, after that, ooh, there wasn't a whole lot for me to stick around for, to be honest. And, uh, I mean, I said it the other day, going in, Obviously, we know about LaMelo Ball and Wiseman and uh, Edwards. Uh, a lot of those other guys after that, you know, they're not NBA ready. They're a couple of years away from really contributing. It's, it's, it was tough to be super excited, but uh, I thought overall the production was fairly smooth, really, yeah. considering how many different uh, locations they must have had set up. And, and the guys, of course, you know, everyone was very emotional last night. There was a lot of, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of celebrating and a lot of tears there with their families. It was just a beautiful moment. Um, so that was great. But, uh, yeah, as far as the actual excitement there wasn't anything i was like oh my god this guy's gone to number eight like it's i was just like okay great i hope it all works out but there's always so many moves as well that happen that you're like you're not sure if this guy's even going to be playing for that team you know they wear the hat and then it's like he's been traded so what do you do then with the old hat you know you switch the other one on well that was the best part they all had 30 hats (laughs) yeah they had that nice big box and all like divisions where the hats are and stuff you had to rifle through like a rolodex (laughs) to find the hat i like no screw-ups surprisingly not one right everybody 60 for 60 i guess in you t- okay. in talking about grabbing the right hat, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was one I can't remember who it was. I, I don't know if it was a mother or an aunt or something. Went to grab the hat. I think it was the son's pick, if I'm remembering correctly. And I, I like I saw her like hesitate. Like she's like, I think it's this one. And I was like, Oh, is that a? Did you just grab a Lakers hat there? But you're right, Tass. I didn't see a mistake with the hat, yeah. go- the right hat going on the head. Well, they also get an early call, right, from yeah. from their agents or whoever. And, and, you know, a lot of people complaining that it was anticlimactic because our Shams and Woj were dropping the picks beforehand. Purple Dallas here in the comments. That's a, that's a username. I'm not just, that's a, I, I don't know, I'm just saying the guy's name is Purple Dallas. Shams and Woj wouldn't be, shouldn't be allowed to do that. It's so boring and anticlimactic. Turn now, off our, your Twitter. Jesus. It's yeah, turn hard. it off. And, and John Hollinger, uh, said that you know he's been obviously in a front office in the war rooms he said that the teams make the call to the nba and then the nba is just allowing tv to go on yeah. and so everybody knows and then it's dropped to shams and woge and that's when they throw it out there on twitter so uh blame the nba for trying to make a, a tv production out of it i guess i mean that's but at first when we got the anthony edwards pick we see it on television then all of a sudden, Woj and Shams are dropping not only James Wiseman, but LaMelo Ball's going oh, at yeah. three. Yeah, so yeah. we've got two picks ahead. So that that wasn't called in. There's no way that was called in, right? right. Um, no, so. their sources say, look, if Wiseman's gone at two, then the Hornets are taking, you know, if Ball's there at three, they're taking him 100%, yeah. right? And then they're tweeting mm-hmm. that out. Yeah, but if you don't want to be spoiled, just stay off Twitter. You can do it. I know it's weird in 2020. You can yeah, actually do it. Yeah, most people do, Turn actually. your phone off. Turn yeah, your just computer watch the show. Off. Yeah, you can do that. But, I mean, look, if you got both going, yeah, you're being spoiled. But uh, 
Who ultimately cares? I would say when we're talking about LaMelo too, I'm not high on him. I don't think he's going to be a star. I'm excited to see him play for Michael Jordan's team. And uh, they do need to take a flyer on a guy that could prove me wrong and blossom into like this unbelievable point guard with the highlight plays and all that and turn it into like your Curry and Trey and hitting 30-foot bombs. I just am doubtful about it. But anyway, go read um, ESPN's article. They had a reporter at the ball extravaganza there on draft night last night highly recommend you go read that because every paragraph just gets better and better of what was going on at that party there was like 250 people (laughs) at the ball household i mean it was a show and he got a car and uh it's it's just great it's just great and it really sets the scene of like the big baller brand and how much they've leaned into into that because there was one part in the article (laughs) There's a big baller brand gift basket, okay? It's strategically (laughs) placed on a table. I got to read this. It's so good. It's it's on a table in the entry. About midway between the stationary big baller brand logo on the gold-painted wall outside the house and the rotating big baller brand logo inside the chandelier in the living room. The basket, big enough for a good-sized picnic, contained three (laughs) big baller brand dish towels, four big baller brand coasters, two big baller brand coffee mugs, two big baller brand pillows, one big baller brand cutting board, and one big baller brand placemat. Wow, that sounds like Big Baller Brand went out of business. That's what I thought. Big Baller Brand is, is, maybe it never left, but it's back for sure because you had the uh, LeVar wearing the I told you so hat (laughs) and he had the Big Baller Brand slides on. And LiAngelo there just looking handsome, man. Yes. Just being the handsome one. I love it. LeVar told us he's like, Lonzo's great. LaMelo's going to be the best basketball player, and Leangelo is very handsome. He could be a model. <laughs> I told you so. But it's great. I, I agree. I love LaMelo going to the Hornets. To me, he is already the biggest star that the Hornets have had since they've become the Hornets again. Kemba Walker, yeah, he made all-star games, but he didn't have the Q rating that LaMelo has. We've yeah. known about this guy for four years now. At the very least, you have a reason to watch the Hornets now, and he'll be able to play alongside Rozier and or Devontae Graham, depending on what it is. He's got the size for it. They're going to be a disaster defensively to begin with, but at least they'll be fun. That's different. Yeah, they should. Uh, I will say one thing with LaMelo Ball. For his games in Australia, they were streamed on Facebook. They had the most uh, audience they've ever had for NBL basketball games. Yeah. And he only played, I think, 14 in the end. So he certainly has that that, that appeal that people want to watch him. Uh, how long that will last if he stinks and the, and the Hornets suck, you know, Probably not that long, but if he has that sort of a little bit of a flair to his game, a little bit of drama to his game, then people are certainly going to watch the Hornets, which is not something that uh, a lot of people have done over the years. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in that sense, not not a bad pick for them. Yeah, for sure. And Leangelo, he did play in the G League, right? He played for the Blue, (laughs) uh, OKC's G League team, and I think he's hoping to still, you know, make a roster, get picked up, which is still in play. We could have all three Ball brothers in there. Uh, and so, hey, if the Thunder keep trading people, he'll have a shot. Well, he'll have a shot. <laughs> yeah, and if we're going to have uh, you know a charity game, LeVar Ball versus Michael Jordan one-on-one, and why not, I say. I said if TNT can have us play uh, or have Tom Brady play Peyton Manning in golf <laughs> for 18 holes, then surely we can have a one-on-one game between LeVar Ball and Michael Jordan raise some money for charity. But the opener to that, you know, the little tease to that should be the Holiday Brothers versus the Ball Brothers. Hmm. And we can get some plum dogs in there. And I don't know how many sellers there are. We can have something there, like some some trios, some three-on-three uh, family battles before the big LeVar Ball-Michael Jordan game. So anyway, just an idea. All right, let's, do let's it. keep it moving here. Uh, Trey, big winner from NBA Draft Night. What do you got? 
Well, it's not just for the draft, but I thought what the 76ers did the entirety of draft day and draft night was just perfect. Coming into this offseason, they really needed to address two things. They had a clogged court and a clogged cap, and it took Daryl Morey basically one night to turn things around and make them a better team that also has a little bit more flexibility in the future. You know, bringing in Danny Green and Seth Curry via trades, getting off of Al Horford's contract, getting off of Josh Richardson's contract. Mm-hmm. These are moves that make sense on the basketball court and in the boardroom. I just thought it was a bang-on job by Daryl Morey, and it just shows you the difference going from Elton Brand as a GM to going from to Daryl Morey as a GM. He just understands how to tinker around the edges a lot better. Uh, you know, I've said in the past that I think the Sixers would have been better off if Elton Brand just did nothing. Now he's doing nothing and letting somebody who knows what they're doing take over. It was great. And for the draft, they got a really good guy. You know, Tyrese Maxey was projected to go top five on some boards, and they were able to get him at the 20th pick. That was yeah. a huge get for them. He Or what pick did he end up in? Uh, not the 20th pick. I botched that. That was the Heat's potential oh, right, to get right, right. a Kentucky guy, right? It, it yeah, felt like go, the 21. Heat were going to get him at 20. So they were 21, yeah. Yeah, 21. But who knows? They say he's a shaky shooter, which fits perfectly with Philadelphia. But at the very least, he's <laughs> going to be able to be a playmaker. He's going to play defensively. And it wasn't just shooting that was the problem with the Sixers. Whenever Ben Simmons would be out, it was hard for them to create shots. So even if Tyrese Maxey becomes a defensive version of Alec Burks. I think that's going to be good. They also got Paul Reed, a guy that John Hollinger was going crazy. Couldn't believe he wasn't drafted. They got him late uh, in the second round. They picked up a guy who has two first names and Isaiah Joe, who was apparently a good shooter. (laughs) I don't know if that's true. He probably won't have a huge impact on the team. But I thought the Sixers uh, from yesterday to today look so much better on the court, and it makes so much more sense to actually be able to make some moves in the future as well. Yeah, yeah, I thought uh, Tyrese Maxey was looking great, but he needed a hairstylist there because he had a few doodahs, I thought, uh, when he got, <laughs> <when> got picked. <laughs> Sorry, just a little in-joke that only the four of us will get, but I had to throw it out there. <laughs> it is crazy that they just moved on draft day slash night. Like, two of their big moves that they had just picked up not too long ago in Al Horford and Josh Richardson, mm. and yet here we are all sort of going... Yeah, they might be better. That's pretty crazy to, to think because they got they added some shooting. I mean, that's that's what they need. If you're going to continue with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, two guys that can't really shoot from the outside, then you need to surround them with a bunch of shooters, and they're trying to do that with trying to get that J.J. Redick-type vibe going again that sort of did work, They you know, winning 50-plus games. Uh, and maybe you have that in Danny Green or Seth Curry for sure, uh, and, and maybe even Maxi. So I'm with you. I think a lot of people have the Philadelphia 76ers as a winner from uh from draft day slash night do you agree with that Tess? oh yeah we've been talking about getting off al horford's contract for months he had only been there for one season but daryl morey comes in trades him for danny green essentially who became a bit of a punchline even though he won a championship and was a starter for the lakers uh, but it's about the fit and, and so danny green comes in uh, and is going to be able to stretch the floor with ben simmons and joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. then they go get seth curry instead of josh richardson uh, who was on a good contract uh, himself, but uh, Seth Curry, again, you got to respect him. His catch-and-shoot numbers are ridiculous. So those two guys on the outside with Tobias Harris, uh, if if he can find his three-point stroke, he's just got to stop taking those mid-rangers and take three-point shots. Those three guys around Simmons and Embiid, it makes so much sense. Even though Horford in a vacuum, all-star, great player. You trade him for Danny Green? What? Uh, you know, Danny Green... Uh, he's not so far away from shooting 45% in the regular season for the Raptors in 18-19. The playoffs have not been good uh, the last two years, and the regular season wasn't good for the Lakers, but it just 
is he's just perfect for, for them. And so Maury comes in, boom, boom, boom. Uh, here we go. We got a basketball team that actually makes sense on the floor. And now we find out for sure if Simmons and Embiid can work. And Simmons should have room now if he's got three shooters around him. You've got to respect those three guys in Harris, Danny Green, and Seth Curry. Yeah, I like that we have a chance for Danny Green to go back to back to back still. And, you know, Sixers will be a, if they keep Simmons and Embiid, of course, a, a championship contender. I don't think they'd be at the oh, yeah. top of uh, Vegas's odds but uh, to win it all. But, you know, things fall right, break right. You could see Danny Green having a chance, getting to the finals there, and maybe being able to win with the Raptors and win with the Lakers and win with the Sixers. I can't imagine no one, no one's done that in NBA history, right? Three years in a row. Steve Kerr did four in a row because he went to the Spurs, but uh, three was three with teams. Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. And their defense uh, should be good too. I mean, Seth Curry, you know, is a bit of a hole on defense, but the, the other four guys should be able to be good. Like they didn't really sacrifice a ton. Uh, it's it's gonna be great. No, and that was always the part of why you needed to go get a bunch of shooters to surround those guys because the two cornerstones are good defensive players. And B, I mean, when healthy, mm. is a monster inside defensively. And Simmons, we all, you know, is, is is all defensive material. Maybe, you know, one day winning one of those awards. So, yeah, you're right. Um, oh, oh, and, and you said and uh, three years in a row potential for Danny Green, three different teams. Well, Doc Rivers, Sixers head coach, first coach in history to coach his son and now his son-in-law. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, Seth Family Curry affair. is his son-in-law. Uh, and he's obviously coached Austin Rivers before. <laughs> All right, Sixers a winner. We got the Hornets as a winner because uh, Lamelo Ball falling to them at three. Lee, where are you going? You can't say Josh Green, okay? <laughs> no, I'm just going to play it safe though, like the Minnesota Timberwolves did last night, and say the Timberwolves. I think they okay. did the right thing by taking Anthony Edwards number one, and then they made a few other moves as well. They traded to get back Ricky Rubio, which I think is a, is a smart move. He's a veteran who was out there, and he could help. That team uh, with D'Angelo Russell there, I think he's going to be important. Then they also got uh, uh, Alex uh, Alexei Pokushevsky. <laughs> I know it's going to take a while to get these names right. But then <laughs> later on, they actually picked up the Argentinian uh, baby Mano in Leandro Balmaro. Now, mm. the reason why I like him there is because his highlight reel, he had like four plays and two of them were gorgeous passes and another one was <laughs> four a little... Four plays, wow. <laughs> yeah, and another one was a, a little Manu Ginobili sort of uh, crazy sort of kamikaze drive into the paint. So I thought, right. wow, he, this does actually look like baby Manu out there. So I think the Timberwolves going in and apparently Gerson Rosas was actually taking calls almost up until the Wolves were on the clock last night and he had several teams interested. Everyone was trying to sort of ju- uh, juggle to get up to that uh, number one spot. But there was nothing out there that convinced him it was better than just maybe maybe take the best prospect for them, which is Anthony Edwards. Now, there's some question marks about him, mm-hmm. but uh, there always is on a rookie. And again, in this class where there was no clear-cut number one. But I think the Wolves just decided, let's just play it safe here uh, and get a good player and a good prospect. And I think that's what they did in Edwards. And, and they didn't overthink it too much. I know there was a lot of talk. And I think LaMelo Ball was probably considered the favourite to go number one last night. But I clearly think that the Wolves then saw, well, we can get Rubio uh, and he maybe is a little bit mm. of a better fit next to D'Angelo Russell. So let's do that instead and take Anthony Edwards. So, you know, again, going into this one last night, there was a, a s- several different ways the Wolves could have gone. I think ultimately the best thing to do when you have that number one pick, if you're not sure, is just take the best player that is available. And that's what they did. So uh, I, I give them full credit for that. Yeah, the Wolves, uh, Anthony Edwards, Rubio. Um, I guess they kept one of their picks, right? Jaden McDaniels. I don't know how, a, total, yeah. whole t- a whole bunch about him. But uh, yeah, Poku going to OKC. Poku's the uh, super tall, 
hilariously skinny dude uh, that had maybe the setup of the night, right? Where we went to them, like the family, they were, I think they were just all at one table, right? Do I have that? <laughs> they were all at one table, just sitting around one laptop. Looked yeah. like season one of the starters there. <laughs> <laughs> I got a text from my dad immediately after the pick. They picked Skeets. Like, I look like just oh, a man. giant version. It's like, I can't wait to see this guy in the NBA. Take me and just like stretch <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, that guy is skinny. But yeah, he's uh, people are high on him. I mean, they think he could be something special if he's if given the opportunity and obviously grows a little bit more and adds some weight impossible <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't blow Burrows over when out. someone leaves yeah. a window open um, but yeah I'm with you Lee the Wolves like Anthony Edwards you're hoping if you're a Minnesota fan that he's not basically Andrew Wiggins 2.0 yeah. but then again would that be horrible if Towns can blossom into even more of a leader and a superstar and you've got D'Angelo Russell like if that's the worst case scenario I guess is what I'm getting at and I know this is someone that owns property on Wiggins Island still still but like <laughs> that's still a good score it's not something when you want in the number one pick I get you want yeah a star and Wiggins is not that he's just good and sometimes it looks great but then other times it's like uh is he even playing is he even out here if that's the case that sucks because he's the number one pick but even then if he can come in and, and they like he's got all the physical traits right to be yeah. an NBA player that's what they, everybody says like yeah he's basically like Donovan Mitchell or Dwayne Wade like right now like he has the physical tools um, you just hope he still likes basketball because those quotes are a little worrisome. Eh, they're taking a little out of context, but they're pretty funny. He's like, eh, yeah, I'm not really into football. basketball. I love basketball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's what I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I get, uh, again, Sounds like me. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Hey, JD's had a 15 year career. You can't sneeze at that. Yeah, right, right. He's a legend in the game. Well, that's I mean, right. that's that's a good sign for Wolves fans. With Anthony, they got still traded. I guess. There's still, there's still a chance. Andrew Wiggins got traded in August, uh, two months after the draft. So not that not that Andrew Wiggins is Anthony Edwards. But uh, yeah, when Anthony Edwards says, I don't watch basketball, I mean, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> does, it, does it matter? Very JD-like, yeah. Does he have to watch it if he comes in and does the work? Not really. Nah. Yeah. Look at this guy. <laughs> oh, man. I will say about... The draft overall last night. What was disappointing? I'm with you guys. Like the emotion was cool from a lot of these kids and and being with their family. And uh, and again, production was pretty solid. Where you're flipping around and you got to have all these setups. I get all that. Having worked in TV, that is not easy. But it was disappointing in the sense like we kept hearing like, oh, there's gonna be so much movement. Like trading up, trading down. That pick's gonna go. Oh, they might move from four to two. Oh, they might go from two to back to seven. You know, all that. Nothing happened within what like the first. Basically, almost the lottery. Like, did anything happen actually within the lottery itself? Those picks, I think they all sort of um, stayed with their teams or their, their, their yeah. teams heading into the night. Yeah. So, I mean, that part was a little disappointing, but a bunch of trades uh, still in the mix. And, and as we've talked about with the Sixers and stuff like that, and there's other ones. I'll quickly just go with my winner uh, of the night. I'll just go with the Kings. Again, not a draft expert, but a lot of people shocked. I know Hollinger was very high on Tyrese Halliburton, and he drops to them, the Kangs, at number 12. Again, some mock drafts had him going top five. The experts love, you know, his vision and his touch and his very high basketball IQ, which is great. That's big. I mean, I'm always up on that too, and the Kings need players that can actually just win help you win games they don't need to be superstars help you win games and i know uh the athletics draft guru sam Vincini is 
He's high on Halliburton, too. He says he's like the type of guy you want on your team if you want to win. He's smart, and he's a good teammate, and he just helps put other teammates in a better position to win. So that makes sense, and he yeah, can play he a little one smile. Two. You see that face? It, I, I, I loved his interview. I did. I mean, he had a great suit. I know we'll get to fashion statements a little bit later. He was rocking a very Tyler Hero-like couch suit, you know, with the, the floral print. He was rocking it, though. Oh, yeah. He's bringing in mom and dad. He, he, he's charismatic. You're right, Tass. He, he shines through that screen. And he should compliment De'Aaron Fox um, because he can play off ball. And then, you know, when Fox is on the bench, it sounds like he can be a bit of a playmaker, too. You know, will that be beside Buddy? It probably won't be Bogdanovich uh, beside him there, too. But it makes sense. And I think the Kings got a little lucky here, him falling uh, uh, to, to them all the way at 12. And they looked pumped when they went to their little war room. They're like, yeah. So <laughs> and it seems like he wants to be there. He tweeted after, I'm coming mm. home, Sacramento. So I start Googling, where the heck is he from? <laughs> he's not from California. He went to school in Wisconsin. He's from Iowa. But he's already calling it home. That's how much he's embracing it. Nobody really wants to go to Sacramento, it seems like. Right? Right. Like, when we think about the draft, we think, you know, it's great that Charlotte got a potential star. Sacramento now has uh, Halliburton, who should be able to compliment De'Aaron Fox. And he wants to be there. I mean, that's why I think they're... They're a big winner on this night. It wasn't a yeah. Steve Francis crying in his hands moment. It was a crying out of happiness moment. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the Kings are a winner for me. And I always want to cheer for the Kings being a Deer and Fox fan. So hopefully Halliburton can help them win some games. Uh, and we'll see if they can get into the, uh, what, the play-in tournament, the 10th seed. There's going to be uh, so many teams. Like, who are those Western Conference teams that are mailing it in? There is, like, like even the Wolves, like, now. I mean, you got two all-stars. You got the number one pick. Rubio coming back, so you got a good, solid vet point guard. Like, they should be hoping to get into the play-in tournament. We know talked about the Suns. Uh, Thunder, I guess, maybe the only team that I can think of off the top of my head that are going to punt the season in the Western Conference, right? And the Rockets should be. Uh, the Rockets yeah. could be garbage, but yeah. they still have Harden and Westbrook uh, as of now, <laughs> so they're still pretty good. Okay, next question here. Um, it, it's, it's a confusing question because it has confusing in it, but most confusing decision and or like disappointing pick to you or disappointing outcome for a team like tackle it that way task get us started what do you got well i'm disappointed for new york knicks fans because it's usually in new york that the draft takes place and usually new york knicks fans boo when their pick is made because that's what they do they're new york knicks fans but for the first time in a long time, I think they would have cheered extremely loudly for Obi Toppin, who's a local boy. Uh, the, the tears were flowing for a lot of guys before Obi Toppin w- was drafted at eight. But that guy's waterworks were going because he was just so <laughs> genuinely happy uh, to be going at eight. I thought this was uh, a great moment, uh, even though we had seven criers before him. That guy... Uh, really felt it, and he wants to be there, and he can do it on the floor. He was 20 points, 7.5 boards, over a steal and over a block. Uh, those numbers don't happen very often in NCAA history. Only Zion Williamson and Blake Griffin have done it over a season now. I'm not saying he's going to be one of those two dudes, but uh, you got to be extremely happy that they didn't draft based on need. Uh, they just went and got the best player, even though they've got 40,000 forwards. They got another one, uh, but he could be the best of them all. So they didn't make a mistake. I, I just feel a little bit bad for Knicks fans that I think 
I think they would have cheered. You never know. With <laughs> I think fans. you're giving them too much credit. <laughs> I think they would have booed because that's what they do. But because uh, they would have been like, oh, no, not a four. Who would they have oh, wanted, though? I... Killian Hayes, why don't we take a guard or something like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. But uh, well, what do you got, Lily, as a confusing, disappointing, whatever? Well, um, just going to uh, sort of go more on uh, Obi Toppin here because uh, there was some scouting reports out on him. And this one comes from uh, Posting and Toasting. It says, the offense is legit. Good start. The defense is beyond abysmal. He can't really move laterally and has zero awareness defending the pick and roll. And he's 22 years old. Uh, so it just, it, it's like, I, I saw those, uh, the highlight reels of him as well. And there's the Amari Stoudemire comparisons, of yep. course, dunking the ball. But for a guy who can't move laterally at 22, uh, that, that's got to be a concern. Uh, for the Knicks. So, um, I mean, th- th- apparently they should have, well, they were looking at Tyler Halliburton, apparently, and let him go. <laughs> Tyler. Why, uh, well, what's his name? Tyrese. Oh, my God. Oh, Tyrese, yeah. L- listen, I'm not going to pretend I know all this about the draft, but reading about it this morning, the overwhelming sort of uh, sense was that the Knicks were like, this guy, yeah, he can dunk, but that's literally all he's going to bring this team in a, in a position where they're kind of log-jammed already. So, uh a little bit confusing on that one, but you know, we'll who's see the what keeper happens. on the Knicks. Like, who's the the yeah, forward yeah. that you have to be yeah, starting true. over this guy? I, I Dunks are that, awesome. I, I would say uh, Randall probably is is on his way out anyway. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, I think they like him, and he showed he showed some flashes of being pretty athletic at both ends of the floor. But if you're going to draft this guy, you I expect they're going to play him uh, and move on from Julius Randall, who's you know he's a, he's a decent player, but doesn't really move the needle for anyone. So. Uh, that's what I think they'll do, but who knows? Who knows with the old uh, Knicks? You know that Obi Toppinen, as a young player, is going to be perfect for Tibbs in his 46-minute-a-night system, so uh, that's one thing you're going to see. Yeah, that's, that is a good point. All right, so we got two guys <laughs> talking Knicks here. Always got to come up on draft night. Uh, what do you got, Trey? Again, confusing or disappointing? I didn't like the Suns picking Jalen, don't call me Jaden Smith, because you don't need to draft a backup center in the lottery. That doesn't make any sort of sense to me. They've got DeAndre Ayton there, obviously. He's the future of their big man position. And then Aaron Baines, it's a possibility. Maybe he comes back, maybe he doesn't. It kind of seems like the Suns are going to lose him. Dario Saric is another player who they could bring back as well, had success as a small ball five. Not to mention there are so many backup big men you could get out there. Robin Lopez, Harry Giles, Nerlens Noel, Myers Lemons. All these guys are backup bigs. It's not an important position. And this is your last lottery pick. <laughs> Did you purposely need to call him Myers Lemons? Of course, man. I'm not okay. Lee. I know the guy's name. I can't, I can't tell anymore. Uh, but you don't need to use your last lottery pick in a while on a backup big man. It doesn't make any sense. The Suns are trying to be good. They're trying yeah. to get into this playoff. Uh, or at least play in tournament, maybe make it to the playoffs. Ergo, they're not going to be drafting in the lottery again, so their last chance they take a backup big doesn't make sense. Also got to mention, the Chicago Bulls drafted the youngest player in the draft who didn't start a game in college, and then in the second round, they picked a guy who nobody could find a picture of on the entire internet. People thought he was a 34-year-old man. I don't know if Patrick Williams is going to be any good, but the Bulls drafted an 18-year-old and a 34-year-old. It was weird. But... Patrick Williams did win me over a little bit. First of all, the first thing they told me about him was that he is a florist. They didn't tell me anything about his basketball (laughs) skills. They're like, this guy will drop off flowers to all of his teammates' houses. I was like, okay, that's good for me. Then in his his Zoom meetings, he said, you know what? The Bulls, there was a lot of basketball talk. I can definitely tell that the front office is basketball smart. They know what they're talking about. 
Not every front office is like that. He said this about the Chicago Bulls. Wow. The Bulls know what they're talking about? Are you kidding me? Who knows if Patrick Williams will be anything besides a seventh man having a 15-year career, but apparently sometimes you got to play defense. Yeah. That's uh, my worry is that his stock definitely rose with went skyrocketing on draft day because yeah. his interviews were great and because people really liked him. My worry is that the Bulls think they're a little bit better than they are and they're drafting for need a little bit and they say, "Ah, oh, we could have a we need a wing defender out there, a big defender. We we got our we got the offense taken care of, no problem. You just got to get the best guy, but you know, we know nothing." So But then again, yeah, it's like who do you if you don't take him like who else are you taking? Oh, yeah. We'd be railing on a Denny Abdia pick as well if they right. decided to go there because right. he could be a you know a wing for them. They definitely need wings. I was hoping for Taylor Halliburton personally. But, <laughs> you know, he ended up dropping. I don't know. They were comparing this guy, uh, Pat Williams, to OG Ananobi. And I'm like, OG Ananobi's pretty good. Fourth pick good? I'm not so sure, right. but... Uh, you know, he's young, he's apparently got a whole bunch of tools, and he'll probably have a very long career, and most of his success, it may be away from Chicago. We shall see. Yeah. Congratulations on drafting Matt Williams. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I thought great. you were going to take Jillian Hayes, but you didn't, and uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's, it's all good. Um, all right, my uh, confusing or disappointing, uh, I'm going to focus on the Pistons. Now, I want to say this before I, I get into the specific part that I found a little confusing. I actually overall loved the Pistons draft night, like, haul, right? They got new GM Troy Weaver in there. He came in, he got to work. He was even quoted as saying last night, we came in trying to be aggressive. (laughs) This guy's tackling the draft aggressively. And they did a lot. So they had the number seven pick. And they take Killian Hayes. We can get to that. They traded a future first-round pick, uh, heavily protected to the Rockets for the number 16 pick and veteran Trevor Ariza. Um, Hours later, they turned... In, they got grabbed, I should say, another pick when they got send it, sent out Luke Kennard to the Clippers for the number 19 pick and Rodney Magruder in a three-team deal. It also involved the Nets. And then Weaver wasn't done. Later in the night, he traded cash and future considerations to the Jazz for center Tony Bradley and the 38th pick. So they ended with four picks and then Ariza, Magruder, and Tony Bradley. I, I overall liked it, but the one confusing one um, was maybe the Houston trade for the 16th pick and what they did with it. Now, it's just confusing to me. I'm like, who is this guy? I didn't even really heard this guy. Washington big man Isaiah Stewart is who they took at 16th. Uh, again, I don't know a ton about this guy's game or a ton about a lot of these guys. They say he's like got a crazy motor, so maybe that's good. Maybe they're just trying to find this high-energy guy to go with all their young guys here because they've got Sadiq Bey at 19. They took Saban Lee uh, bracket Ellis uh, later on in the draft <laughs> and then Killian Hayes they took at number seven who some people had as high as number one in terms of just straight up pure talent I think it was Kevin O'Connor very very high on him so I love love that pick but yeah the 16th one that was a little strange and what they did to get it uh, maybe didn't make a lot of sense but for the first time I think in a long time here the Pistons have a bit of a plan and that is to basically start over here because I think what they're going to do is they're going to play Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, maybe Snell and all that, maybe even Ariza if he's there. Heavy minutes, try and build up their trade value, and then ship them out for whatever you can get at the deadline, and just lean into playing all of your rookies and, you know, Sekou uh, Dumboya, and just lean into doing that and be bad. Be bad, bad, bad this coming year so you get, hopefully, you know, the basketball gods bless you with like a top three pick in the draft lottery, and you can get maybe one of these potential stars in the 2021 draft class which is loaded. So uh, overall, I liked it. 
Again, I was a little confused by uh, the, the Isaiah pick at 16 because I didn't really know a ton about him, but maybe he's great and maybe he fits what they're doing. But they did a lot. Troy Weaver came in and just... They were one of the more active teams. You talked about Maury and the Sixers and Thunder obviously getting all the picks they could, but I'd say the Pistons were one of the more active teams too. And they get Killian Hayes at seven, fall into them, and then do all these other little moves and picking up some players. I like it. And I think they're just playing the long game here. I think they're going to I think they're going to lose a lot of games uh still next year, but that's good. They have to build through the draft too cuz it's another right. team where no right. no one's looking to go to Detroit as a free agent. So that's right. They may as well just get as many young players as they can and try to build that way because uh it's been it's been bad. They tr- took a fly there on Blake Griffin, didn't really work out, and I th- I think you're right too. I think they try to move on from him and Derek Rose if they can cuz I definitely see a first round pick out of uh, maybe potentially both of those guys at some point. So if you are the Pistons, it's like just to get those assets, get those Sam Presti assets and uh, and yeah. hope you can build it through the draft. And, and you have a coach in Dwayne Casey that, you know, can, can help mold some of these young guys into professional players, I think too. So I, I liked what they did overall, overall, especially Killian Hayes. He could be, he could be something special. So again, I, I'm not, I'm not railing on the Pistons, just slipping them in there. Uh, the 16th pick a little odd to me. Let's yeah. hear from you guys though. Winners. I want to be, I want to be excited to watch the Pistons from the get go, because as we said, we tune in at, at seven o'clock Eastern, generally on the East coast, you get a lot of Pistons, you get a lot of Wizards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you get a lot of Hornets. Well, you get a lot of Hornets. Yeah, yeah, the Pistons are definitely in the same family as the Hornets. Uh, I don't think Cavs. they're going to be exciting to at the get go here um, because yeah, yeah they're, they're they got they have two different uh, tacks they're taking. As you said, they got a long term view. That's great. Yeah, uh, but short term kind of stinks because they they have to move on uh, from Blake Griffin um, because it just it doesn't fit. But I'm looking forward to seeing boy you be killing them Hayes. Uh, to see how good he is. Is he good? Is he good? Uh, I hope so. I hope He's so. He's going to because... get a chance. They don't have point guards that they're, you know, invested in for the long term, right? Yeah, right. So right. He's good. they should just give him the ball. And, like, they should just lose a ton of games. They absolutely should. And, again, I think they'll play their vets to try and build up their value to get something back in return around the deadline, and I think that makes sense. But then, just they're going to lose a ton of games because they have all these kids, and I think that's fine. That's my yeah. opinion. On and he probably has a higher ceiling than a guy like Tyrese Halliburton who's pick 12th. It just seemed like all those teams, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, were waiting for Halliburton to get picked uh, because he was valued so high and we were being told that he was so great and and I thought he'd go at 11 uh, when, the Spurs. when yeah. the Spurs picked. But they picked Devin Vassell, who looks like another Kawhi Leonard on the wing. Probably another steal he can shoot from the outside and then he finally goes at 12. But Killian Hayes, I guess with the Pistons, has a bit of a higher ceiling than Halliburton, who looks like he can contribute to a winner. And he's got a great smile and all that. Um, but, yeah, maybe maybe they're just taking the right tack here. Seku Dumbuya, they got guys who've got the potential to be an exciting team at 7 p.m. Eastern when you tune in on your league pass. Exactly right. All right, we With got Seku more questions. Seku Dumbuya and Killian Hayes, they're the Frenchest team in the league right now. Ooh. Perhaps we should call them the Detroit Pistons. Killian! All right, we got more draft night questions, but first... A quick-ish break to hear from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the Internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Terms or restrictions apply. All right, favorite draft night moment and or best fashion statement. Go wherever you want with this one. Tass, what do you got? Isaac Okoro, defensive stud at number five for the Cavs. Fantastic pick, I think, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Could be the best defensive player. And finally, uh, they got somebody who wants to play on that end on their team. It, they had Larry Nance, another Cleveland Cavalier, tweeting Isaac Okoro, you could be the best player in the draft. Let's play some defense, man. Uh, so that's that's exciting. But the most exciting part for me was post-draft, after he was picked, he goes outside with Dad, and he shows him this Range Rover, and Dad has no idea that this Range Rover is for him. Absolutely no idea. He's like, oh, son, you got a nice car. You put a bow on it. Uh, oh, it's for me? It's for me? What? Yeah, I love it. Uh, Isaac Okoro, uh, first-generation American Born to Nigerian immigrants, and I, and his dad. Look at that! Look at that! Oh, great moment. Man great right moment. There. Yeah. Thanks, son. You're the man. Nice looking car too. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're right. You put a bow on it, just like you would a movement um, <laughs> watch. <laughs> Simple as that. No yeah. wrapping paper needed. No wrapping paper. Great moment. Great moment. That is a good one. There's a lot of uh, moments that are, are great from this one last night. What do you got, Trey? Well, the Hawks' number six pick and Yaka Okongwu has not yet signed his contract. But he's already getting a big fat bag from Mountain Dew. <laughs> Look at this product placement here in the background. You've got, I think there's, it looks like 19 bottles of Mountain Dew over on the right-hand side of the screen. Somebody took one from the back corner. Shout out to whoever's getting caffeinated there on the other side. Looks like you've got a like a 10-pin bowling setup of the other Mountain Dew bottles. I haven't seen this much Mountain Dew since playing Nintendo 64 Perfect Dark with my friends in high school basement. I wonder if they're hitting up Taco Bell for a fourth meal after the draft was done. This was great, seeing all these bottles of pop there. That's what you want from a young guy. You want him to still have bad eating habits when he gets to the NBA so you can improve those habits and see him instantly get better. Do the do. Anyeka Okongwu. <laughs> oh, that works well. Yeah, I thought for sure Lee was going to give uh, give him his uh, disappointing pick of the night for having a bunch of Mountain Dew beside him. Ah, no. uh, yeah. yeah. Don't the do, man. Don't the Don't do. Don't the do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, that was funny. Yeah, that was making the rounds on Twitter. What do you got, Lee? You going fashion statement or moment? Yeah, fashion statement from the number 14 pick uh, with a great name. Aaron Naismith got picked by the Boston Celtics, and he was kind of dressed for the moment there, really, ah. in that uh, – that sort of plaid outfit there, the Boston, kind of Boston green, but uh, great big, beautiful smile there. And his name just kept, they kept saying, you know, it's Na- It's not Naismith like James Naismith, it's Naismith as in N-E Smith. So to be that close to the person who invented the game of basketball <laughs> is pretty cool. Uh, but I just thought, I just thought, hey, he must have known he was going to the Celtics getting dressed like that because uh, he looks like he's ready to go. So great, great start. Great start to his career. Better than the Mountain Dew dude. Uh, my favorite moment, uh, you know, I already talked about Saban Lee being drafted, and unfortunately Lee Ellis not drafted, but there was another Lee during the draft, and it was Spike Lee 
with the hilarious, like, out of nowhere photo bomb. <laughs> Hey. Uh, at, at Cole, at, uh, Cole Anthony's uh, selection there, the Magic taking him at 15. You see Greg Anthony there, former Knicks point guard. Uh, I, I just love it because it was like out of nowhere. You're like, what? Spike Lee's there. Hey, it's Spike Lee. Yeah. And so <laughs> amazing. Uh, I just I just love it. And Spike Lee is always involved somehow in the draft. Now, usually it's him uh, reacting to a, a brutal Knicks pick. Uh, what the heck are we doing type of thing. And that's the, the gift that you get. But that one... Uh, that that's such a great photo bomb because you're not expecting Spike Lee to suddenly jump up in Cole Anthony's uh, living room there, but there he is. <laughs> and a little dance too. He's a little, he's pumped that he's uh, going 15th, which is a lot higher than some people had him going. Uh, the uh, Greg Anthony's son point guard there. So we'll see because he had and a bad year that, in North Carolina. Uh, uh, there was that documentary apparently that Cole Anthony was little ballers. A, a part of <laughs> little ballers. Yeah, yeah. When he was a kid, uh, his mom decided, hey. Uh, let's get you on film. Let's make this happen. Smart mom, incredibly smart family. And that kid, he was so well-spoken when it was 2013. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We got to do that as a film review. We got to watch Little Ballers. (laughs) Little Ballers. Got to get our hands on that. We don't have much of an off season to slip it in, but yeah. We'll find a way. (laughs) He was hilarious. I mean, he was really, really emotional. And then later on, he said, this is the best day of my life, other than being born, I guess. Uh, but uh, this is a great day. It's a great day for me. It's a good, it's when a good you put it that way. You're right. I mean, you would never have that later day if you weren't mm-hmm. born. So I guess it has to come second. All right. Final uh, draft question before we get to some of the other news. Who's your early rookie of the year favorite? Trey, who you got? For me, it's a two-player race between LaMelo Ball. For all the reasons we've talked about already, he's going to have ball in his hands a lot. He's going to be making highlights. He's going to have a long leash to make mistakes for a Hornets team that hasn't had a star in a couple of seasons and they want to see something exciting. So I imagine the production will be there, the highlights will be there, and obviously the name value will be there. My other uh, guy in the mix, it's Obi Toppin. I know you guys aren't liking this pick, especially you, Lee, as a huge Knicks fan, but I think he's going to be great. Uh, He's going to be ready to play because he's one of the older guys in the draft at 22 years old. You have to imagine he's going to be able to score since that's what every report seems to be saying the only question now is who's going to be his point guard is it going to be rj barrett setting him up in the pick and rolls which probably hurts obi toppin's case for rookie of the year or is it going to be somebody like fred van vliet are they mm-hmm. the knicks going to offer him a huge bag of money to come and play in msg is it going to be a trade for russell westbrook which puts even more eyes on obi toppin playing alongside him whoever the point guard is as long as the knicks get a point guard i think it could be a good season uh, for Obi Toppin. You would rather have him at the beginning of his career, I do believe, because, you know, he's going to be ready to play and should theoretically be an impact player pretty quickly, whereas maybe he doesn't have a whole bunch of upside in five or six years down the road. But for a rookie, uh, if you can get the best player in college basketball, maybe you're able to get, you know, 18 to 20 points, eight rebounds. You're in the mix for rookie of the year. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so LaMelo and Obi. Who you got, Lee? You got to pick somebody. Yeah, it's tough because, I mean, the obvious choice for me is just to say Anthony Edwards, but that's a little bit boring, isn't it? So let's go down the list a little bit there. I don't think Wiseman will do it out in, in Golden State. I like LaMelo Ball, but I don't think he's going to do it. Patrick Will and DeCoro, no. I'm going with the Pistons' uh, Killian Hayes. I just think uh, there could be an opportunity for him to have an impact uh, more so than some of those other guys above him. So it's a, a complete crapshoot, a complete guess. I have absolutely no idea. I would love to say Josh Green, but I don't think he can do it in Dallas because of uh, just how good Luca and Kristaps will be. 
So uh, I'm going to say Killian Hayes. I just think uh, maybe he's just in the right position for someone to thrive a little more than a few of those guys ahead of him. Uh, but Anthony Edwards is also expected, I think, to make an impact from the start. So he would probably be the favorite going in, uh, but I'll take Hayes. Okay. Hey, Tass, how do the, uh, your Israeli in-laws feel about uh, Denny Avdia slipping all the way to nine, going to the Wizards? They excited? Well, they're sleeping. Oh. Uh, I don't know how Denny was awake. At. That was 4 a.m. when they were about to crack those bottles of wines in Tel Aviv, Israel. So, yeah, they're, they're snoozing. Uh, so I don't know. I haven't got the report quite yet. <laughs> okay. I can't wait. Keep us posted. Denny was good. Denny was great, though. He was wide awake for 4 a.m. They were, they were feeling good. Oh, well, they had a bunch of wine behind them. Yeah. <laughs> they were having some fun. Okay. Who's your uh, ROI, early pick? I'm going Obi Toppin with the Knicks as well. Wow. I, I think uh, he is a bit of a late bloomer, so maybe the defense isn't going to be there. Maybe at 22 years old, he learns how to... Uh, to move his feet laterally, like Lee was saying earlier, but who cares about defense? This is uh, <laughs> this is about rookie of the year. It's about offense. And uh, yeah, at 20 a game uh, last year, he, he can shoot. He shot 39% from three. Uh, I, I think he uh, he's ready to do it at, at the, uh, the big boy level. And you get probably a 5% boost in votes if you're doing it in Madison Square Garden over and over. And he will be providing the highlights like LaMelo Ball, I'm sure will in Charlotte. Those dunks will be uh, noted on SportsCenter and all that. So we will see Obi Toppin a lot, I think, especially because, you know, like LaMelo Ball in Charlotte, he's going to have the ability uh, to put up 20. I, I, there's there's just not a lot of guys taking shots away from him. And uh, yeah, it kind of depends on their backcourt, but I think Obi will... We'll have that opportunity, and I think he'll take advantage of it. I'm buying that interview. I was swayed by him and his uh, his family there. There was, you know, you always I always buy into these guys on on uh, on draft day. Oh, there's no can't miss prospects. These guys all look really good in their <laughs> in their videos. They look real good. But uh, I'm buying Obi and his maturity level, uh, even though he's a uh, an older prospect at 22. But he only played two years at Dayton because. Uh, he started a little late, didn't get any D1 um, offers at first, so then he was redshirted and all that. So give me Obi. Obi, great name. There's a lot of great names in this draft. I mean, we, we've like talked about like Killian, and there's a Precious and Obi. Oh, and, yeah, Precious. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Precious. Right, right. <laughs> You yeah. want to do a Gollum impersonation, uh, Lily, for us? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> night. Come on. Come here, my precious. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> that was a weird impersonation. Yeah. Sexy Gollum. I put, yeah, right? I put John Spot. I, I, uh, I don't know who to pick here. Lamella Bald makes sense, I guess, but I'm not high on him, so why would I take him for rookie there? Anthony Edwards, yeah. Can he score the most out of this bunch? Um, in theory, yeah. Uh, so I guess he would be my favorite right now. But then again, he's playing on a team with guys that need the ball and can score the ball in Russell and Town. So I don't know if uh, how many shots he's getting, how many points he's putting up in his first year. But I guess I'd pick him. I haven't seen Vegas odds. I don't know if any of you guys have. Like, who is the favorite? My gut says ball will be sort of the uh, at the top of that list uh, to win Rookie of the Year right now. But... You guys, I don't know if you guys. Well, I'm having that. a look, but yeah. uh, right. uh, doesn't matter. 
No, they've only nah. It's only That's last year's stuff. Surprising. Yeah. <laughs> I usually get that stuff out like instantaneously, yeah. but I, I haven't gotten the email. I'm on some email chain where I get those weird, uh, <laughs> those weird NBA odds. Sometimes I haven't gotten that one, so maybe they're still trying to figure out as well. Let's hear from you, stream teamers. Who's your rookie of your favorite? And uh, of course, everybody listening to the podcast a little bit later, tweet at us at No Dunk Sync. Who should we put some money on for ROI in 2020, 2021? All right, we got to take one more break, but we are going to get to the Clay News and Bogdanovich. This is going to be a long podcast. But what do you got, Trey? Selling a little? Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot? <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. Been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately. So I've had documents flying in and out the mailbox. A lot of signatures, both analog and digital. A lot of phone calls, a lot of stamps. Got to get my long-term future straight. Yeah. Let me tell you, Skeets. The things we build our future around are the things worth protecting. Making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Watch your assets. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust and Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with trust and will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We got some big news to tackle here before we wrap everything up. Uh, last night it was reported that the Warriors star Clay Thompson suffered a right leg injury during a workout in California and is expected to undergo testing today to determine the severity of the injury. He's going to have an MRI, I think, uh, you know, this morning or later today. The Warriors are worried it's an Achilles tendon injury, but I guess they're holding out hope, as we all are, that it's not that serious. Again, we'll wait on the uh, MRI results. Now, Thompson missed all of last season after tearing his ACL in his left knee during Game 6 of the 2019 NBA Finals. Everybody remembers that, but this one is his right leg, and we don't know what it is still. It's a, it's a right leg injury. Some worry it's the Achilles, but... Again, we're not sure. This obviously sucks. No one has, correct me if I'm wrong, name me an NBA player that has a higher, you know, Q rating, Q score, whatever you want to call it, across casual and diehard NBA fans, uh, higher than Klay Thompson. I, I, I can't think of a player that is just as well-liked as he is mm-hmm. and that you want to root for. And he's and he's such a such a character, of course, too. And he, he's so... He's he, he's not trying to be anything that he's not. He's just Clay Thompson, and it's amazing. And oh yeah, he's incredible too, especially when he catches fire and suddenly scoring sixty points in a game or something like that. Everybody loves him. So this was bummer news. I, like I already sort of hate the draft. I'm not a big fan. Big part of it because I don't follow college basketball. I don't really care all that much. Yeah, I like seeing the moments when the guys are getting tearful and all that. If it, that I have a heart. I'm not the Grinch. But overall, I was like, eh, it's a little boring. So I got to say, heading into this with this news breaking, I was even more, I was like, huh, I was in a bad spot because I want Klay Thompson back, uh, you know, playing again in this league. And you want the Warriors to be another team in the mix for a title. And I don't think if he's not there that they have a chance. So we don't know. I don't want to freak out. We're not for sure how uh, severe it is. Hopefully it's just an ankle or something that was like a bad ankle sprain that he misses a little bit of time. But what do you think, Trey? This is, it's crappy news. Yeah, it sucks, and you're exactly right. If this is an Achilles injury, as they're fearing, the Warriors are not in the title picture. And then that leads to the question of, then what is the next move going to be? Because they were getting ready to try and compete for a title again this year. So does this make them more or less likely to trade Andrew Wiggins, I think, is the real question. Is there somebody out there that you could move Wiggins for that would be able to help immediately? Or are you going to give it a shot with Steph and Wiggins as your main scorers? You know, they brought in James Wiseman in the draft. So along with Draymond and whoever their fifth guy is, you would think that perhaps that's their team. But I guess we're going to see what happens with Clay and then what happens with the Warriors because they needed wing depth to begin with. But now one of their 
best players, one of their highest salaried players is likely going to be out for the season. That sucks. Uh, you know, we were we took a year off from the Warriors, basically, and now it almost feels like we're going to have to do it again. Yeah. What do you think, Tass? Anything to add? No, I'm not going to believe it until we hear the news. I'm just going to block it out yeah. Uh, right now because, yeah, I'm just super, super bummed, as was, uh, as you said, the entire NBA family just uh, very concerned, and you don't like seeing the prayer emoji, uh, you know, flying around on Twitter because it generally means that people seem to know that it's serious. And uh, the reports from Yahoo's Chris Haynes were that it was, it was you know, veering that direction that it was serious. Uh, yeah. I'm just not going to think about it quite yet and, and, hope, and hope for some good news. Who the heck knows? Uh, it seems like Clay is a guy that can recover very, very quickly. Uh, but, you know, if it, if it is severe, yeah, it's, it's, as Trey said, it's a tight window, especially being such a short season. Yeah, that the, their prospect for winning a championship goes poof. What do you think, Lily? Yeah, just a total bummer, uh, you know, because last night, you know, the draft, it wasn't one that we were super excited for. And this just put a cloud over it as well, knowing mm. that, he, uh, yeah, we don't know for sure. But but certainly everything we were hearing last night, that it's uh, it's a significant injury. But we just hope that he hasn't ruptured his Achilles, if that's what it is. And maybe it's something that uh, he can come back a little bit quicker than normal. But otherwise, I think we lose him, obviously, for the, for the rest of this se- or the entire season. And uh, that would suck to have him out for two straight seasons. By the time you're listening to this podcast, maybe you already know the answer to uh, the MIR, MRI results, and, and hopefully it is uh, good news and not the uh, bad news that some of us are fearing. All right, this next one, uh, according to The Athletic, Sam Amick, the completion of the Bucks trade for Kingsguard Bogdan Bogdanovich is in jeopardy. So the Bucks are still hopeful it could or can be saved, I guess, but all signs, according to Amick, point to Bogbog, as we call him, who is set to enter you know, restricted free agency when free agency formally begins tomorrow, Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern, that he could be playing elsewhere next season. The Bucks and Kings had reached an agreement in principle earlier this week on a sign-and-trade deal, but Bogdanovich never agreed to join Milwaukee. So this is very weird. This is rare. And a lot of people are trying to figure out what's really going on here, Trey. Um, is this just uh, this report actually just the league saying, hey, let's do this? Because otherwise, my God, you were tampering like crazy. <laughs> or is this Bogdanovich's agent saying, well, we can maybe drive up the price here a little bit on what this guy could get. What do you think? And uh, do you still think Bogdanovich will end up with the Bucks? And if not, what impact could this, of course, have on Giannis signing long term? Who knows? I mean, who knows literally what is going on here? Nothing makes sense. It's like, did the teams just 100% agree on this trade and forget to talk to the players that were involved in it? Because that's a huge botch from both sides. Or is it like Brian Windhorst was reporting last night at 2 in the morning that it is the tampering thing where a whole yeah. bunch of teams got upset that they ha- that the Bucks had made this move not giving up a whole bunch to bring in a player in Bog Bog who everybody is pretty high on. And, you know, it really improved their odds of being a title contender and therefore keeping Giannis as well. Windhorse says that Bogdanovich does want to go to the Bucks. He wants to play for Milwaukee. Uh, who wouldn't want to go from the Kings to a championship contender? That makes 100% sense to me. But if all the other teams are mad about it, I guess you got to fake the funk here for a little bit (laughs) and, you know, act like maybe you could be lured somewhere else and maybe he does make a little bit more money. Maybe the Kings are able to extract a little bit more from Milwaukee uh, in their trade package and, you know, we kind of all forget about this and have a laugh. 
a la Marshawn and Dylan Brooks with the Suns and the Grizzlies a few years ago. Very weird, though, because, you know, for me, the Drew Holiday trade was great, but it was the Drew Holiday trade plus bringing in Bogdanovich yeah. as well that gives the Bucks a lot of playmaking, a lot of shooting, a lot of depth, and really would have changed their teams up or changed their team up. I think, you know, getting Drew Holiday obviously is still a big move, but we will see what ends up happening with this. Just a weird thing, though, like... Just get on the phone. Get on FaceTime. Like, we're all Zooming 24-7, it feels like. This would have been an easy deal. You just got to figure out the time zones. Yeah. I thought, though, with these things as well, you sort of have to get league approval first uh, before you announce it. So, you know, on any trade, anytime, you know, it's got to be approved. So I would have thought that by the time it got to league office that someone might have said, hey, hang on, you sure you can't really actually do this yet. That's what I. That's my suspicion because yeah, otherwise yeah, it's, it's but, a, but maybe, it's a major maybe because twenty twenty is so damn weird and this offseason yeah. is so you know crazy as it is. Maybe it goes to the league. They're like, okay, well, this, yeah. This, I mean, this isn't the first time something like this has really happened, right? Where the, you know these agreed to upon deals before yeah. free agency actually kicks off officially. So maybe they're like, all right, well, let's see what happens. But then, like Trey said, or Windhorse is reporting, maybe other teams are like, what the hell? Like, are we just going to pretend the rules don't even exist anymore? Yeah. Like, what, what? So now the league's going to come up with this little cover. I mean, I think that's all in play here because yeah. otherwise it's like, like Trey said, it seems pretty far-fetched that they were just like, oh, we forgot to tell Bogdanovich, you know, whether he'd be cool with this, you know? Like, I don't know. That seems a little strange. And why wouldn't you... It's not like he's being, you know, shipped to uh Detroit or somewhere either, too. Like, a bad team. Like you said, Trey, he's like, this is a good, good team. You would think he would want to get paid in in free agency here and then, of course, join a good team there. But I don't know. I sort of think it is the NBA having to, like, come up with, like, a hold on here. Uh, I don't know. And then come free agency actually kicking off, those are like, oh, they'll just come back to the the drawing board and maybe, like, it's – maybe that trade is tweaked a little bit, like a – a player or two, like you said, is added or something or not. Maybe it's the exact same thing, but it's weird. This is a weird one. Tass, anything to add to this strange little dilemma here? Let's get him to Milwaukee already. That's all I want to see. Number one, because I want to see Milwaukee be a little bit more well-rounded and, and be closer to that championship level. I have a guy who's like 40% uh, on uh, catch and shoot threes. He's going to get a lot of those. And so that's what I want to see. I think the Kings are moving in another direction a little bit. Bogdan wasn't happy there. Let's just make this work. That's all I'm concerned about. Final one. According to Yahoo Sports, Chris Haynes, the Atlanta Hawks are attempting to acquire Celtics forward Gordon Hayward. So Hayward is currently weighing a decision on his $34.2 million player option for next season. The deadline for Hayward to exercise his option was actually set for Tuesday, but he and the franchise mutually agreed to delay that decision until Thursday, which opened some eyes. Tass, what do you think about this Hawks-Hayward rumor or what he's doing and that decision to delay it a little bit? Read the tea leaves for me. What do you got? Well, yeah, there is something up. Uh, Gordon Hayward had a $34 million player option to decide on, and he didn't just say, "Uh uh-huh, Sign me up. Uh, so there's something going on where yeah. he, uh, the, the thing is, he could still you know make that choice to take it today as we record here. It's Thursday. Uh, and he could still be traded to the Hawks for nothing uh, because they have such huge salary cap room. They have yeah. over $40 million. So there's this seems to be potential long-term deal here being talked about. And, and the Celtics are just trying to get some assets uh, if if Hayward does come to a long term deal uh, and, and trade it to the Hawks, or 
yeah, I, I think that that is most likely the case, that, that the Celtics are going to find a way to ink him and then get somebody from the Hawks that they want um, or something of that nature because you know, it's, it's Hayward uh, deciding 34 mil or long-term contract. That's what it, it feels like. And, and on the Hawks, it's an interesting situation because they missed out on Drew Holiday to try and, you know, quote unquote, go for it, go from um, a team that's sort of middling with a, with a, an all-star and Trey Young at this point and, and ready to make that next step. And then they go get Onyeka and Kongwu, who some say is the most talented player in the draft, but he's a big man. you got John Collins there. You've got Clint Capella there. Why take a Kongwu? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty pumped that they decided at least to take the best player available for them at six. And they didn't draft for need, which is a sucker's bet. They got a guy who's really, really good and is a modern day big. Uh, Gordon Hayward, I think, could fit there. I mean, I think they're thinking long term, but Gordon Hayward, you would think oh, he just doesn't have many more years left. He was good this year. I trust in a role where he is second or third option to Trey Young, John Collins, and, and hopefully you know one of the wings work out that he wouldn't be taking away from anybody. Trey Young definitely needs wing help. Is DeAndre Hunter, Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish that guy? Not yet, and I, and I don't think uh, Hayward is over the hill by any means. I don't think the injuries really hurt. Uh, I mean, f- literally they hurt, but figuratively, I don't think going forward they're really going to affect him. So I like it if if it comes to some some sort of number where they're not destroying themselves, they're not killing their future. I'm okay with it, um, but it, you know, it all kind of comes down to the Della Della Bills. If Gordon Hayward comes to Atlanta, will uh, will Trey or Tass introduce him to your barber? Who's, uh, <laughs> very history. You got to meet my guy, Cece Gordon. Yeah. Yeah. He loves the high and tight. Yeah, um, yeah I, it definitely feels like Gordon Hayward is going to be an Atlanta Hawk at some point because, like you're saying, Tass, there's a glut of big guys on the Hawks. We got an all-star point guard, and there's a hole on the wing. So if you're... You know, the, the buzz last year was that Trey Young wanted some veteran help. Definitely needs a playmaker alongside of him. Some more offensive players. You got to think maybe one of these guys, whether it's Collins or Capella, maybe even Okongwu, if there's a way to work it uh, money-wise. You know, even Dwayne Dedman's making a lot of money from the Hawks as a big guy this year. There are a lot of big guys who could be moved to the Celtics. That's a spot that they've always needed help with. If they're thinking they're going to be losing Hayward regardless, it kind of makes sense for both teams. Yeah, and they drafted Aaron Neesmith, as we talked about, at 13. That guy can take Gordon Hayward's spot shooting the ball because yeah. Hayward, there was a glut of guys who handle the ball, you know, with, with mm-hmm. Tatum and Marcus Smart and Jalen Brown. So Aaron Neesmith, he shot 52% from three last year on eight threes a game. Uh, just catch and shoot, baby, instead of Hayward that, uh, you know, handled a lot there. So it would, it would make sense. So if they, yeah, if they can get a big uh, and Aaron Neesmith from... Uh, or I'm sorry, and play Aaron Neesmith, get a big from the Hawks. They're, they're looking good. This is a tight conference. The Eastern Conference, no more. There's some solid, solid teams in the East. Lee, do you agree with the guys here? They think there is something to be, you know, some some fire here to this smoke. Hayward going to the Hawks. There's a deal yeah. to be made. you agree? Well, the Hawks have got so much cap space, they do need to spend it on someone. And yeah. I think Hayward does sort of fit what they need in a lot of ways if he can stay on the floor and stay healthy because he has had uh, obviously some significant injuries. But he's a good veteran. Uh, he's going to come in there and, and help the team. 
And, and you know, cap space is like draft picks. It's great to have all of them, but it, you don't want to do the, you know, like what the Bulls did with Carlos Boozer back in 2010. You know, you have to sort of pay the wrong guy. So if you can get if you can get Hayward at maybe four years and $100 million at this stage, I think that's probably okay for the oh, Hawks. It's, wow. It doesn't kill them. I'm not sure what yeah. they're doing with John Collins. I'm not really not sure. I, he's not a max guy. And it sort of almost sounds like they they prepared they would be prepared to trade him too. So um, I, I think I, I think that's what they're probably looking at there. And I think the Celtics are saying to Gordon Hayward like, if you know we, we're we're going to trade you, but we're also going to try to take care of you financially here. So opt out, I think, is what's going to happen. Sign and maybe a, a, a sign and trade and go down to somewhere like Atlanta. That's yeah. what I think is going to happen. So there's also the talk. I don't know. It didn't really seem to gain too much traction that maybe uh, the Celtics were trying to get in on the James Harden deal as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if obviously, you know, just given Harden's contract, Hayward's got a big contract. And there was even talk about Kemba Walker too being involved. So that one did seem to cool off a little bit. Um, so I, I think either way, Gordon Hayward won't be playing for the Celtics next season. Yeah, well, Harden and Westbrook, they're staying on the Rockets because they're willing to get uncomfortable. Houston, <laughs> we won't go into that though. We will wait because free agency what starts tomorrow. tomorrow. Is that what I said? Yeah, <laughs> yep. Friday, six p.m. Eastern. Uh, it, it kicks off. I guess Sunday is when they can officially start signing. But we're in theory, we're going to start getting some uh, free agency uh, news leaking out tomorrow. So we're going to sit on that, decide whether we're going to jump on here and and do a podcast at some point. Depends how much news there is, really. But keep your questions coming for a beach step and no dunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at no dunks inc. Again, we could have something coming out on the weekend, though. You never know how juicy these trades and these big names moving around could get, even though it's not the craziest, craziest free agency class. Will Van Vliet stay in the in Toronto? Will the Knicks get him? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But we'll be, be ready to go at any point this weekend, guys. Lee, you're not going to Alabama or fishing or something, are you? No? Don't think so. No, not at this stage. Okay. No. Everybody's got to be on high alert. JD, well, you better not be doing anything. We really need you. You're yeah, I'm not doing one. anything. I'm never doing uh, anything. I'm, uh, okay. I'm <laughs> poised like a cat, ready to go at any time. <laughs> ready to pounce. All right. Well, I love it. Well, thanks for joining us. Shout out to the stream teamers. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us that five star rating and review and uh hey don't be a fool man go to theathletic.com slash no dunks and uh sign up for a subscription with the athletic because my god last night alone like the draft coverage with all of the writers all of the insight all of the you know shams breaking news left and right it's pretty incredible for just one night alone let alone the here the whole year so go to theathletic.com slash no dunks all right fun show got a lot in there clipper bros you heard it here first have a great time turn up love you guys awesome thanks for joining us and remember cats don't like basketball but they respect it it's not funny. Uh, JD said he's a cat. He also says he watches basketball, but he respects it, doesn't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace the debut. You could stay. baseball fans this is Derek Van Riper now that spring training games are underway opening day is just a few weeks away Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on rates and barrels 
Whether you're a seasoned fantasy player, a baseball stats junkie, or just someone who wants to learn more about the game, join us for four episodes each week this season, including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May. Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel, or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.